Hey friends, welcome back to the Chanty's Corner podcast. Today's episode is going to revolve around rape culture, victim blaming, and consent. Um, Once again, similar to last week's episode, this one is going to be on the more serious side, as you can probably tell from the topics. So I just want to give a trigger warning before we start. If topics revolving around rape, sexual assault, and mental illness are triggering for you, please be careful. Keep this in mind and stay safe. So hold on to me. Never let me close your eyes. Only got one night. Just put your trust in me. You guys know something that has always bothered me. It's the fact that there's this huge, and I mean huge, double standard revolving around men and women. Okay, side note, let's be honest. There's a double standard attached to so many things that revolve around, you know, men and women as a whole. But for like the scope of today's episode i just want to talk about the double standard revolving around men and women and sex think about it when a woman chooses to have sex with more than one person there are so many derogatory words attached to them like hoe and whore and slut and you know the drill but then when a man chooses to sleep with more than one person there's absolutely nothing remotely negative that they're called like the only thing that i can even think of that's remotely close to being like a name that guys are called when they sleep with more than one person is f boy but i'm gonna be honest in my experience guys are actually kind of like flattered to be called an f boy like it's seen as an aesthetic Um, at least with the guys that I've interacted with. And either way, it's nowhere near as offensive and derogatory as the words that girls are called. And okay, let me get one thing straight. You're allowed to do whatever you want with your body. Like, that's a universal fact. Uh, You can sleep with someone if that's what you choose. You can sleep with multiple people if that's what you want. If you don't want to sleep with anyone, you don't have to. Like, regardless of anything, regardless of sex, gender, um, why did I say it like that? But regardless of any factors like sexuality, gender, etc., etc., you can have sex with whoever. You can do whatever you want with your body because it's your body. Like... It's you have complete control over everything you do, right? So with that in mind, it's very interesting, you know, to see this double standard because it's almost like the behavior that's scorned and belittled in women is praised in men. It's like baffling to even think about, but that really almost seems like the case. And I think that the reason behind all of this, this whole cloud of double standards, especially in the terms of like sex and sexuality and choosing what you want to do with your body. um, I think the reason behind this is the eminent environment of rape culture, which is such a huge thing, by the way. Like there are so many components and concepts that encompass the umbrella term that is rape culture but if i had to explain that word um in like 
the most concise, simplest description. Um, I would say that rape culture is basically the social climate in which rape and sexual assault are normalized and excused. And when you hear that like outright, I think a lot of people, especially in Western countries, specifically America, I can say that because I'm American, but they take offense to this because apparently we're supposed to be the more developed countries like when the western countries are supposed to be like the leaders of the world or whatever um whether that's true or not can be argued um very heavily but the alarmingly obvious fact is that all over the world including western countries women are forced to live in fear what a man can do to them and that's what rape culture does it perpetuates the harmful power dynamic between women and men in which women are forced to live their lives pretty much clouded with paranoia of what can come a woman doesn't have to get raped in order to fear it and of course not all men rape but rape and sexual assault is so feared even though it may not even happen to you or maybe it hasn't even happened to you in the scope of your life but we fear it because we live in a society in which a there aren't enough precautions preventing rape and b in the case of sexual assault there aren't enough measures set in place to convict rapists with every rape case especially those in which the assaulter is acquitted not convicted set free or even has their sentence reduced it makes the painful reality that this could happen to you sink in even deeper and it scares us as women even more because the world doesn't seem to make this want to stop nor does it seem like society wants victims to get proper justice it seems as if women as a whole are not valued or at least are not valued enough to what a man deems as his pleasure or you know what I mean? Like, we're taught from a really young age that a man's needs should be placed above our own. And I would normally say it's like a cultural thing. Like, in a lot of cultures, including mine, men are seen as like the superior. But there are a lot of like Western concepts um, as well. Like, because Western as a whole, like, I'm just going to say America as a whole is not like one culture, right? So like, in american society or i just want to say western like dress code for example we aren't allowed to wear clothing that shows our shoulders can't wear shorts i've seen like these um i see i saw on instagram that like boobs and shoulders and upper arms and um what collarbones were getting photoshopped out of yearbook pictures very badly by the way um because they didn't want they were they didn't want that to be seen administration sends girls home for not following dress code etc you know what i mean and first of all things like shoulders and collarbones shouldn't be sexualized in the first place because it's just skin and second it's really ironic because dress code is set in place like the whole reasoning behind dress code is that administration feels as if um, females who show skin would distract someone mainly men from their um education but you know rather than teaching boys not to look or even 
punishing boys for looking at girls inappropriately, the school system feels as if it's more appropriate to strip a girl's time in class, the time in which they should be learning and getting and completing their education with, in order to make sure that they don't potentially distract a man from their education. You see, it's like you're going to take a girl out of class, take away her education because you think that she's going to take away from a man's education. You see how it's like even in the most small things, not that school is a small thing, but it's like even in the most mundane everyday things like clothing, um, men's needs and wants are placed over that of women when it should be equal. Why are we teaching young girls how not to get sexually assaulted instead of teaching young boys that it's wrong to touch someone without their consent? That's the biggest problem. Why are we as a society shying away from hard conversations? Why are we treating sexual assault as something that can be prevented by the victim? As if the blame doesn't go completely on the rapist because they woke up and decided to rape someone. Like, when I was growing up, um, I grew up in, like, a super strict household, right? Like, um, there were a lot of rules set in place. Um, You know, I'm a daughter of immigrant parents, so, you know, that's pretty common. And But my rules were, like, extremely strict. I couldn't wear shorts. Um, I could only wear pants. And if I wore leggings, they had to be below the knee. Um, I couldn't wear tank tops, nothing open back, nothing like growing up all the way till like now I still can't, I'm not allowed to wear anything that exposes too much skin. Um, can't show my cleavage. Um, what else? Like I couldn't, when I wanted to hang out with my friends, if it was at somebody else's house, I couldn't hang out for more than two hours. If I was out with friends, like going other places I couldn't hang out for more than three hours um oh a good example even worse is that so um when I went to homecoming in my junior year all of my friends were wearing dresses above the knee and my parents were very adamant that my dress is below the knee and I had to fight so hard to a even be allowed to stay that late because my my curfew was like 7 p.m Um, And I, most of the time, I wasn't even allowed to stay that late in the first place, unless it was, like, a church thing. Um, But I had to convince my parents to let me go, come back at 9.30 p.m., but, um, and also convince them that I wanted a dress above my knee. And I love my aunt, because she was, like, she was the one that convinced my parents, or more, like, yelled at my dad, because she's, um his older sister but she was like she just went on this huge tangent like what do knees do what's wrong with showing her knees like what do you what's the problem like what do knees what are knees gonna do like why can't she show her knees and like (laughs) she she convinced my dad to let me wear a homecoming dress but I mean I think with all of that you can see in context that I was sort of it was sort of implied to me that what I wore would affect how what someone could do to me like and the thing is is that no one would ever tell me outright that oh this is so that you don't get raped and it's like but I knew that was the reason why because my parents would always hint at it my dad would be like well I can't talk about talk to you about these things ask your mom and my mom would outright just say like "Mm, 
there are like bad people out there and if you wear shorts like bad things will happen to you and like the thing is is that (sighs) that's such a horrible message to send to like young girls and one day I just got so frustrated um and this tells you something because I absolutely never and I mean never get angry and especially to the point where I can't keep my emotions in check like I don't explode like that but one day I couldn't take it anymore and I straight up asked my parents if and I quote do rapists carry rulers around will they measure above my knees and then decide based on how many inches that I'm showing whether to rape me or not and like okay I shouldn't have blown up at my parents like that because it was pretty rude of me. And like the thing is, is that you have to understand that in India, this is what is taught and this is like the culture and coming to America where everyone shows skin is like a culture shock for a lot of people. Like I can't speak for any other culture, immigrant culture, but with um, Indian culture, it is a huge culture shock. And my parents their intentions were to keep me as safe as possible but the thing is did i lie like why are we acting as if there are factors which could control rape like i saw this tweet that was like parents want to protect their daughters from the monsters they've allowed their sons to become and it's so true like i don't know about any other culture but with desi culture men are handed everything they want on like a silver platter and they're taught that women are objects and that i mean you don't they, it's not like it's set out right but it's like the way women are treated you learn that that women are objects that and then when a woman rejects them when a woman expresses her own autonomy over her body they throw a temper tantrum like there was this huge and i mean huge thing going around um in india um, and still going on honestly with men throwing acid at women's faces for rejecting them because their egos are so fragile that they can't deal with not getting what they want and it's the same concept with catcalling too like they'll say the grossest things about you harass you sexualize you and the second you reject them they turn angry deny their attraction to you threaten you assault you physically and you see it with stories of women who get murdered who get beat up brutally hurt for rejecting men for saying no and most of the time the rejection is actually polite something that they don't deserve you know and it's so scary it's absolutely terrifying not knowing what's going to happen to you only knowing that you can't stop this like if a rapist decides that's what they're going to do because it's not your fault it's a rapist's fault because that's their mentality they woke up and chose that they chose that they were going to do this you know they chose that they're gonna take they're gonna touch someone without their consent you know what i mean and like knowing that there won't be any proper justice most of the time that stings even more and that's a problem we can't let women live in fear because of something that is entirely out of their control and that's what we need to understand to stimulate change that it's the rapist's fault for raping someone for touching someone 
and for forcing someone against their will and no one else's this person decided to wake up and chose to force someone against their will and that's on them 100 percent 130 percent 100 200 percent that's all of the blame is on them not the victim but there's this mindset to place responsibility and blame on the victim you know placing responsibility for the assaulter's actions on the victim and the official term for that is victim blaming but we see victim blaming with a lot of things like not just sexual assault but from things like domestic violence to even uh crimes like robberies like you know you see like i'm gonna use robberies as an example with people justifying this with like oh well your security system wasn't enough like there could have been you know that thing that that saying was like there could have been more that i could have done to prevent this you know what i mean like victim blaming is seen with so many like an array of things and since i'm your local psychology nerd i'm basically obligated to explain the um psychology behind victim blaming but basically there's this concept called the just world hypothesis and if i had to explain this concept in the most simplest terms possible um the just world hypothesis just world sorry i kind of pronounced that weird but the just world's hypothesis basically states that one method of thinking that we as humans use to justify events is that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. Um, we see it everywhere. Um, hustle culture, for example, or the American dream, something which is so deeply rooted into modern American culture. Like it's practically like framework of modern America because we're seen as, you know, the place of opportunity the um and the american dream is like you come to america you work hard and you'll see success like so many people immigrate to america to see success but we as a society we view that working hard leads to good results like if you hustle enough you'll succeed and if you don't then it's on you and like obviously it's not as clear-cut as that but you get what i mean like it's like hard work is seen to have like a positive correlation with success and so all of that that me mentality it all boils down to we think that good people hardworking people deserve good things and expanding on that if you work hard if you know like if i work hard if i'm doing good things then good things will happen to me like it's used as a mentality both to um, see other people's success and also apply that to yourself you know what I mean so we like to rationalize and justify things based on the character and work ethic of a person right like it's obviously not as clear-cut as this but you know how victim blaming comes into play with this mentality is that we want when we we want to pin the blame on the victim because we're in that mindset of bad things happen to bad people so there must have been something that the victim did which caused or even made it more likely for the sexual assault to have been committed is like the whole mindset but with that you know it's like even worse people want to believe that the victim shoulders the responsibility because of certain fa factors like their character how provocative they were 
whatever that means but whatever they were whether they were into in why am i having so much trouble with (laughs) pronouncing my words whether they were intoxicated or not the clothes they were wearing how much skin they were showing etc 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 you get the gist but they do this because this mindset it makes you feel safe like that's the most common reason other than just being a bigot and thinking that a victim could have any blame to something that should be 100% shouldered by the assaulter by the rapist I mean other than be just being a complete bigot a lot of people have this mindset because it makes them feel safe it makes them It makes them comforted to think that they or the people that they care about, that this won't happen to them. Let me explain. So assault can happen to anyone, right? It's not something that's controllable. Like as hard as it is to grasp that, as hard as it is to come to terms with that, it's just something we need to understand. Bad things can happen to bad people. Bad things can happen to good people. Bad things can happen to anyone because bad things just happen. They just happen sometimes. And it has no reflection on the character or anything of the victim because all of the blame goes to the assaulter because they were the ones that decided to rape someone. They were the ones that were so, so disgustingly vile that they decided that they were going to force someone against their will right like it's completely their fault there is nothing that the victim could have done to stop them because that's a decision they made that's a decision they made for themselves the assaulter i mean not the victim but the victim couldn't have done anything to stop this you know and the thing is with the mindset um of like good things happen to good people like the whole just world hypothesis is that you know if people pretend as if the victim had something to do with the assault it makes them feel safer it makes them feel like it won't happen to them because if they can rationalize this rape by external factors like clothes or the situation at hand like oh she was intoxicated at a bar what did she expect and if they can rationalize this by those factors they can use this to coax themselves and to put themselves in a place of false security because they can just tell themselves, oh, this would never happen to me. I would never put myself in this situation. I would never wear revealing clothing. I would never travel alone at night. I would never go to do this or I would never do blah, blah, blah. You guys get what I'm saying, yeah? And the harsh reality is that we cannot stop rape unless we teach men and women by the way because women can be rapists too let's not forget that um because i know that in the scope of this entire episode i haven't talked much about um rape cases with men um but so please don't think that you know i've completely disregarded that anyone can get raped absolutely anyone can so i just want to emphasize that before i continue but we need to teach everyone that rape is not okay and that women are their own people with autonomy over their bodies and so are men no means no teach people to respect boundaries like i saw this tweet of this aunt um that this aunt made and um talking about this interaction she had with their nephew and her nephew was like 
oh, I like this girl. And I asked her out, but she rejected me. And his aunt was like, oh, you know what you need to do now, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I need to keep going after her. And the aunt very adamantly was like, no. She said, no, you need to back off. She's made it clear that she's not interested. And if you ignore that and keep going after her, you're not respecting her and her boundaries. And the nephew, who, if I remember correctly, was a teenager, was shocked. Like, nobody had taught him that no means no and that's the issue why are we why aren't we teaching men that women are their own people why aren't we teaching that every person is has their own autonomy like why are we promoting media and and um movies and tv shows and books that have this theme of not respecting others boundaries like how many literary tropes or sorry how many how many like books and movies and tv shows can you think of where a guy relentlessly pursues a woman and finally the woman caves in and it's seen as something super romantic when it's not when it's not it's complete disrespect right like why why aren't we teaching people about boundaries especially young kids because that's how you know that's how these mentalities are formed, right? Like if you teach someone when they're young to respect boundaries and ask for consent, then that's what they'll that's what they'll keep and you know, that's what they'll practice when they get older. Because fundamentally, rape happens because a rapist views their victim as lesser than, as someone to use for their gain, because they don't respect their no, their lack of yes, their intoxicated state you know none of that enough to not force them against their will to not ask for consent to not touch them without their consent it's not hard to wake up and decide oh i'll actually respect someone and their boundaries today and honestly like why why is it so hard to understand that women are their own people like and don't even get me started on toxic masculinity the whole boys will be boys thing as a justification to horrific vile acts makes my blood boil and let's not mention the absolute classic she asked for it as if anyone's choice of clothing what they chose to put on their body because that's what they want to wear and they can means that they're inviting you to touch them it's like if there's no consent then there's no invitation and speaking of consent y'all do know that dubious consent isn't real consent right like anything other than an adamant strong sure certain yes is a no this yes needs to be 100 percent certain and if this consent is gained through questionable circumstances like guilt tripping, emotional manipulation, etc., etc., you guys know what I mean, it's not real consent. It's dubious consent, and it's not okay because that you've you've twisted someone, you've manipulated them into giving you that yes, even though that's not what they truly want. A sure, uh. Like an unsure, like, 
um maybe okay like that's not a yes someone needs to be a hundred percent sure that this is what they want to do without your input that that's consent like without any influence from someone else this person needs to be 100 percent sure and people also need to realize that you can take away your consent too like if you were sure that you wanted to do something you gave someone their can you gave someone consent like yes i want to do this with you um and then while you're um in the moment you decide this is not what i want to do then anyone man or woman no matter what they're allowed to say i don't want to do this anymore and the other person needs to respect that you know these things need to be taught and that's just like the tip of the iceberg you want to know the real reason there's so many rape cases and let's not forget that when we think about rape cases these are the ones that actually have been reported these are the ones that have been brought to attention someone had the courage to report this um but there are so many sexual assault sexual assaults and rape cases like happening that aren't brought to legal action that aren't brought to public view that are kept secret you know and i and i mean that other than the fact that there are so many people taught that the importance of consent that there's a huge importance with consent and respect other than that um but the fact that there needs to be that there sorry not needs to be the fact that there seems to be minimal if not zero repercussions for rape is the reason that there's so many rape cases there's a reason why people rape because they see that they can get away with it and by repercussions by the way i mean both legally and morally like let's talk about moral repercussions have you guys seen the way that certain rapists are portrayed by the media like media coverage is such a huge thing because we as people are not we as people why did i say it like that but we we get our information from like the media right like from the news because we're not we can't go all over the world or we we don't know everything that's going on like there needs to be a source informing the people as a whole as to what's going on right and that is media and obviously not all newspapers or not why did i say why did i say newspaper newspapers are kind of irrelevant nowadays but not all like publications not all um not all media outlets do this right but it's very common uh sometimes to see so many things like sympathizing with rapists um like have you guys ever seen for example sometimes when athletes are rapists their um scores like not like when i mean scores like their athletic achievements are put into the paper with um like accompanied by the fact that they've raped someone like let me give you an example there's an example that i saw very recently um, which is what prompted me to make this episode because it's making an episode about rape culture and consent has been on the back of my mind for like the longest time because of a lot of reasons and um 
something happened to where I was hesitant because I didn't want this to be seen as a petty move. But, um, you know, this is an important topic to me. So I decided that, yes, I am going to make this episode no matter. I don't care what anyone thinks is the reason that I made this episode. It's because it's important to me, you know. But anyways, there's something that I saw that made me, that really pushed me to make this episode. And it has to do with the media. Um, Let me show you. Or, well, I can't show you, but I'll read it out to you. So there's this guy named Brock Turner, and he raped a girl behind a dumpster. He was caught, and he was, he was obviously, like, they called the cops on him, and the men that found him, they, like, horrifically recounted what Brock was doing to someone that was this unconscious woman. Brock was found guilty, of course, but he was given a six-month sentence because the judge deemed that he's a good athlete and a longer sentence may have a severe impact on his career. And guess what? He didn't even serve six months. He served three months. And his parents want to justify this and ask you to stop talking about it because apparently his character shouldn't be tarnished because of his decision to get 20 minutes of action. And it's like, and in articles that were covering this rape case, the the like headlines were highlighting how much of a an athlete he was. And in the articles, they would post his amazing swimming times, as if that has anything to do with the fact that he was a horrible man and decided to rape an unconscious woman behind a dumpster. And he only got six months because somehow this judge sympathized with him and thought that his future, that his future would be ruined if he went to jail, even though he took, he, he ruined this woman's life. That's what rape, like rape isn't some small thing. Rape ruins you. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen, um, the 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 big rape case with the um usa american team with the um with the the doctor named uh larry nasser where they um when he like his court case these girls um these former gymnasts who trusted him to be uh a proper physician you know in tears they recounted the horrific things that he did to them like rape rape breaks you sexual assault because that's like the worst thing especially when it comes from someone you trust that you weren't respected as a person enough and you you were seen so much as an object like it does things to you like i don't need to explain like very obviously rape is a horrible thing and the fact that this judge was more worried about his future than than the justice that should have been received for what he did to her what he did to this unconscious woman it's like it's it's baffling to think about and the thing is his record was clean the community supported him because of his athletic privilege he was 19 years old he should have went to jail for years but yet he only served three months. And the sad truth is that little to no jail time is so common with college athletes, 
with white males of power. Yeah, Brock Turner was a white, young male. So yeah, he had that place of privilege. And, you know, the problem is, is that the media, you see how I said that they posted the swimming times and whatever? This is what they do. This is what the media does. They frame, they frame these narratives in ways that suggest that the victim is to blame or even that or even in ways in which the assaulter themselves are alienated from the case itself like it's called framing right and how this is used by journalists is that you know it's not what you say but how you say it like it's not the case itself that shifts people's views but it's how you frame that right and journalists use a technique by using specific um you know specific diction by using a specific frame for this narrative in order to frame the story in a way that gets their point across and with and by using things like she was sexually assaulted or um the rape happened like it alienates the the victim and the case away from the assaulter it shifts the blame because when you view the action itself you're eliminating the assaulter from the equation when it's framed that way and like by posting by posting um you know swimming times by showing that he this this man was a promising athlete things like that it shifts the public's view to which now you're you're biased to think that this man's future was ruined because he got caught for raping a woman when in reality he did this to himself and he should have rot he should rot in jail you know what i mean and it's like things like that and like and that's not the only thing you know like women will be murdered and raped and headlines will shame them it's like they will be completely innocent and the headlines will be literally belittling them for what they were wearing or um what they were doing like i saw this um headline by the new york post that was um saying that murdered party girl hit that she was a 2500 per night escort like what what does it have to do with anything what does it have to do with her murder again it's literally coming back to the whole victim blaming thing whereas people feel as if the victim shoulders blame for what happened now who cares if she was an escort who cares that has nothing just because doesn't mean that just because she was an escort that she signed up to get murdered what it's so baffling to think and it's so outrageous when you say it like that but that's like the way that people think and it's because people think like that that there's no justice for crimes like this that people who seem to have promising futures young white men that they're not being convicted of crimes that they've done because they garner sympathy from the public and they use that to their advantage in order to escape the justice that these victims deserve you know and it's like it's like it it also says that a these people are in a place of privilege but b it says that you society and the justice system don't value women enough to gain to give them the proper justice 
they didn't value that unconscious woman enough. And I'm using this one case because if I went out and I listed every single case, it would take forever. So I'm, you know, referencing this case back, but it, this isn't, this isn't like an outlier. There are so many cases like this where, where rapists are let off the hook, where they're not given the sentences that they deserve that. Oh, let's, I mentioned the Larry Nasser case, but so many young girls were talking about how they complained to coaches, to, um, you know, guardians, to people that they trust, adults that they trusted about what this doctor, he's not a doctor, he's a horrible, I refuse to call him doctor, but what this man was doing to them, what this rapist, sexual assaulter was doing to them, and they just flat out refused, or I feel like there were so many people that actually knew what was going on and they just turned a blind eye. And that says something because that means that's how little they value. They value these these young girls. That's how little they value them, their innocence, their their bodies, their boundaries. Like that's how little that they're valued as a whole. Not this isn't just isolated things. These are things that happen every single day. And these are the things that are reported. Imagine how many things that go on behind the scenes. And that's such a hard truth to swallow when you're in a place of privilege. And speaking of privilege, I think that it's important to also talk about how there is a level of privilege um, with cis woman with white woman with straight woman reporting sexual assault rather than a woman of color a member of the lgbtq community a trans woman like there is so much privilege even within the lack of privilege that women even get with rape cases like that that's something that we also have to understand and that needs to be changed you know like um, there's a few statistics that I want to bring up. Yes, I did do my research before um, doing this episode. And oh, yeah, that's something I also want to say. Like, I'm not ever going to say something that comes from like an uneducated point of view. Like, I'm not going to just I'm not going to I'm not going to be misinformed about something before talking about it. Like, I always educate myself about topics before speaking about them. Um, and usually like I have a few episodes that are planned for the future in which I want to talk about topics that don't concern me. Um, for example, I have an Islamophobia episode planned and I'm going to talk to people who are Muslim because I'm not Muslim and I never want to speak over a community or, um, especially if I'm uneducated, I don't want to speak over a community and act as if my voice is more powerful than theirs. Like, I want to be a good ally. And that's something, um, you know, that I, I never want to do. I never want to talk over the community itself. But with this, I do have, like, a personal connection with this topic as a whole. Um, not something that's relevant to this episode or that I'm going to even talk about. But, you know, just know that, A, if, if this had nothing to do with me. I mean, being a woman in itself ha makes me connected to this issue because I live in fear. I like because rape culture affects women so prevalently so yes this does already have a personal connection because i'm a woman but you know there are other things too but if i wasn't like if if this had nothing to do with me i would 100 percent bring someone else 
into this because I don't want to be, I don't want to talk over a community. And I would have done even more research um, from the already like 10 hours of research that I did for this. I would have done even more because being an uneducated is something that I never want to do because that just leads to misinformed audiences and that just makes things worse for communities as a whole but anyways that has nothing to do with what I was going to talk about but but anyways let's talk about intersectionality in um, rape cases so um, I'm going to use a quote from the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault to like kind of explain um, what I mean by this, but they say that systems of oppression give greater social social power to some people over others based on race, gender, sexual orientation, ability, and other aspects of identity. Working towards a future without sexual violence means that advocates, survivors, and communities need to respond to a complex and layered reality that centers the needs of those survivors most marginalized silenced and unseen so the thing to get from that is that there are so many different factors that go on beyond the fact that a sexual assault has even occurred like there's so much the the whole concept of sexual assault and reporting that that's already complicated as it is but even beyond that there are clouds and despair clouds of disparity revolving around things with race and gender identity and sexuality and um so many things right and the thing is is that first and foremost that needs to be acknowledged, right? Like, it needs to be acknowledged that race, gender identity, other factors, they impact sexual crimes, right? Like, sexual assault against minorities, it shouldn't be seen in the same scope as, you know, sexual assault seen with non-minority groups like i'm not saying that it's worse when it happens to minority students no 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 please don't think that it's rape is bad either way i'm talking about in this terms of justice it's harder for marginalized communities to get justice you know to get the proper yeah to get the proper justice for this crime compared to non-marginalized groups compared to non-minority groups and that's something that we need to acknowledge and that's something that we need to move forward from according to an organization called end rape on campus which is pretty much as the name states that's the an organization dedicated to ending rape on campuses But they say that while 80% of rapes are reported by white women, women of color are more likely to be assaulted than white women. And it's not even just rape. It has to do with socioeconomic status, sexuality, um, gender identity. Like there's so many different factors that play into the intersectionality in rape cases and it's such a complex topic that i can't sit here and explain every single thing that you know separates marginalized groups from getting justice 
or from even reporting crimes in the first place like that's another thing to to like keep in mind as well like certain marginalized groups it's even harder for them to even report sexual assault cases like i'll give you an example in a lot of cultures it's shameful like this it seems as something that's shame there's high amounts of victim blaming in certain cultures in certain backgrounds and reporting this would bring for example shame on the family and you know they may be victims may be discouraged from taking legal action they um based on you know the fact that this is their culture that or another example is with like poverty um, the expenses that come with reporting um, sexual assault case is huge. You have to have um, evidence. You may even lose your job based on who you're reporting. You know, like you, and in terms of um, like students, you can lose your scholarship maybe if you report a sexual assault case and it doesn't go through. It's it's you know justice isn't served like things like that things like that can stop someone from even reporting a case in the first place because they don't have the financial means to you know support this evidence gathering or support getting a lawyer taking legal action and you know that all those things those are like small small things there's so many different there's so many different layers to this that the main point that I wanted to make was that these need to be taken into consideration when thinking of sexual assault cases. That there is, even even in the most horrific thing, there is a layer of privilege, you know? And the biggest privilege is seen with men getting away with rape. And on that note, I want to say the last things I wanted to cover in this episode. And the last thing I wanted to cover, that is... The saying that a lot of guys use to, I don't even know why people even say this, why guys even say this, but they say, not all men. Oh, I know. Because, see, men feel defensive when we bring up these things. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring this up. Because this episode isn't me attacking every single man um, in the universe. I don't think that every man is a rapist. I don't think... Um, mo- Almost all of the guys that are in my life, actually all of the guys that are in my life, they are not rapists. I know that. I'm aware of that. I'm completely aware that not all men rape. So I don't need people angrily messaging me. Well, not all men. Not all men. Don't attack men. The thing is, though, you know, guys want to say not all men. And sure, maybe not all men rape. But there are so many factors that... Mm, that that men don't understand or at least a lot of men don't understand like men want to say not all men but then not believe their female friends when they talk about their experiences with rape they want to say not all men and then turn around and make fun saying oh if i i don't want to do this with you or like you know guys will be like oh i would do this for you but i don't want to be the next face on the me too movement like what what and then guys will be like not all men and then like what i said demean females experiences and then guys will be like oh not all men but then still be friends with their bro who they know has sexually assaulted one of their friends and they don't understand what it means what how how much 
not having consent breaks someone like they don't understand that they want to say not all men not all men and then not have not be able to sympathize and understand with females when they go forward and like that's that's an issue too you can my point with all of that that whole rant that whole tangent was that you can still not rape someone and you can still support rape culture you can still advance it by being friends with sexual assaulters by not believing the woman in your lives by you know just treating sexual assault as a small thing when it's such a big thing like there are so many things oh sorry excuse my dog he's getting he's getting passionate with me he knows he knows how important this is to me he knows how yeah tell him tell him loki tell him (laughs) i'm so sorry please excuse my dog he's just yeah like he's just passionate but um yeah i'm so sorry oh my goodness i'm so sorry please ignore that um, but yeah, that's just kind of the point I wanted to make. Like you cannot rape anyone and guys will hold themselves so like high up on this pedestal. Like, yeah, I've never raped anyone as if it's such a hard thing, as if it's such like a, like a huge accomplishment that you haven't raped someone in your life. Like, wow. Do you want a medal? Like, wow, you haven't raped someone. Wow. It's so hard not to touch someone without their consent. It's so hard not to force yourself on someone. Like, oh, do you want a cookie? Like, what? Guys will pride themselves on the, the the bare minimum. Man, I'm sorry. I'm getting so heated right now. And it's it, it's even more frustrating because I see men get praised for the absolute bare minimum, too. And it's, it's so frustrating. But all of that aside, that very angry rant aside, I think if there's one thing that you can get from this is that my, is my title. No means no. Anything other than... Uh, yes is a no and that yes needs to be confident it needs to be sure don't manipulate anyone into giving you a yes like it's not hard to not force yourself on someone like you're not hard no man is hardwired to um rape a woman like have you guys seen those um governors talking about how like rape is like a um like a science like a scientific thing like let me see if i can pull that up i i vaguely remember that um this this one this one like politician talking about how rape is like is like a fundamental right or something like that like what what is what is wrong with this guy and it the thing is it's you people actually elected this man into power so that means that his sentiment is shared and that people actually agree with him and they actually they they actually su- support this which is baffling i can't wrap my mind that around the fact that people actually think like this and i just i think for change to be made as a whole um what needs to happen is that this needs to be people first of all politicians like that need to get out and secondly, I think we need to realize that the justice system is flawed because justice isn't proper justice isn't being given to victims that deserve to see their their rapists in jail, rotting in jail. And that society as a whole, like we need we need to change something. This needs to change. And that I think that's like the biggest takeaway from this is that there needs to be change. And I think educating yourself and others on things like this is the first step but there's so much more to do and 
Yeah, on that note, I want to conclude today's episode. Thank you so much, so, 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 so much for tuning in and making it this far. Be sure to follow me on my socials at Chandy's Corner on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, um, I'm so sorry for the delay in this episode. Um, A few things uh, got caught up, but most of the time... Um, I post episodes every Tuesday and yeah, you should definitely follow my socials if you want to keep up with things because like this week, things could happen and Twitter and Instagram are the way that I communicate these things. So yeah, anyways, thank you so much again and I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day or night. Goodbye! Trust in me, I'll give you everything So hold on to me Never let me go Right here in your arms is where I want to be